everybody. Welcome into Eminem and M across the board. Sean Matt Martin, Eric McDowell, Ashley Miller with you every week. And guys, it's Super Bowl week. We're just a few days out at this point. And who would have thought at the beginning of the year? I know a lot of us talked Rams in the NFC, but not many of us talked Bengals in the AFC. But I still think it's kind of cool that we're talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals playing for a Super Bowl. Uh, we are. Uh, who Who is the unforgotten guy going into the year? Did you think you'd be talking Odell Beckham Jr. in February? Yeah. How about that? He resurrected his career. You he know. was the problem in Cleveland, but somehow he is doing just fine in L.A. It, it does. I saw something this week that says, you know, Burrow, we're not going to say next day in Marino, but it tells you how difficult it is to get in and how hot you can get. And suddenly, a, you know, a young quarterback can get in. And I think we could see every year Josh Allen's going to have his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a tremendous story, as we've said, for Cincinnati and very happy for their fan base. And I know anybody that uh, wants to say they have no chance. Well, they haven't watched them play in the last month, right? And I think that's what we kind of figured last week. Our guest, uh, Joe Maniello, last week, you know, he picked – what didn't he pick Chiefs-Rams or Chiefs-Niners? So he lost both of those. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so just when the NFL, you think you know something about it, you know nothing. And I, I think I've learned my lesson picking against the Bengals. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I think the thing to watch there is the Bengals' O-line, which we know isn't very good, versus the Rams' D-line, which we know is one of the best in the league. So uh, we will get into the nitty-gritty in just a little bit. But, Sean, we've got a special guest today. We do have a special guest. Uh, and Sarah Griffin, uh, who is a digital content provider for the NHL, a writer, social media for – lacrosse flash and uh also a co-host of satin seltzer's pod right did i get that right yes okay welcome to uh m and m across the board how are you today i'm great how are you guys we're awesome anytime we can bring more girl power onto this show <laughs> all about it all about it and anytime we can bring one that's from the boston area thank you oh, very much. yeah all right i guess i guess for now it's right. fine Sarah, one of the things we talked about National Lacrosse League is, you know, Ashley is uh, involved with the Albany Firewolves. Firewolves. I covered a game Saturday night, my first time, and loved it. Um, talk about your involvement with the NLL and, and how that's going and just kind of how you become such a big lacrosse fan. Yeah, so it actually started out that I was doing freelance work last summer just for a newspaper around here, and they asked me if I wanted to do PL coverage because I live pretty close to Gillette and that's where they open up their season typically is here and I was like yeah like why not I played lacrosse growing up I never really got super into pro lacrosse but then I was like yeah I'll go to these games I ended up loving it and I was like okay I kind of want to just like stick with writing and covering the sport and whatnot and so I stuck with the PLL through the whole last season in the summer and then I joined lacrosse flash in I want to say July and from then on, they're just like, oh, would you be interested in covering the NLL? Like, I know box lacrosse isn't super popular, like, obviously, in most parts of the United States. Like, I didn't know anything about it going into it. I had never really seen a box lacrosse game. And I was like, I'll just, like, learn. I'll watch some old YouTube videos and see. <laughs> and I ended up loving it. And now it's like, if I'm not working, I'm doing something with lacrosse flash, like something with box lacrosse, the NLL. And it's been really, really fun. I love it a lot. Sarah, let's uh, let's start in the PLL for just one second because you brought it up. It's such a unique product in the way that it was created. So uh, not the sport itself, obviously, but the idea of a traveling like sports organization. So every pro team travels to the same location and they play for the weekend, multiple games every weekend. And I think what the Rabels came up with is just genius because you're not asking the same fans over and over to come watch 12 games, Mm -hmm. you know, 12 weeks a year. The idea that you're going to basically sell out a stadium or whatever venue you're playing in every weekend because you're in a different city. I feel like it's genius. Oh my gosh. It's so smart. And I'll have like, try to explain it to people that don't really follow across. They're like, Oh, so like there's no like set teams for each city. But I'm like, when you look at it, look at it as like, okay, it's going to his fourth season now. Like, that's still such a new league in lacrosse. It's not like it's one of the four major sports. Like, you don't have fans all throughout the country. Like, there's places still that like don't have any lacrosse clubs at all. 
And so if you do that tour style, I feel like it gives people that sense of, okay, here's a new sport. Like now they're in Charlotte for the first time this year. Like that's the first time they'll be seeing pro lacrosse. You know, you just have these like different places that are getting to experience it. And I feel like it's almost better that way because then you can just grow fans of the sport and the league before like, oh, okay, I'm in Boston. So I'm going to be a fan of this Boston yep. Cannons team like it was with the MLL, which I yep. feel like is why the PLL has had so much success mm-hmm. these last four seasons or three seasons, I should yep. say. And listen, they were one of the few organizations or leagues in the in the country to play through the pandemic, basically. I mean, they played last year in different different spots and an outdoor game. It just makes so much sense. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I think the idea is awesome. And you you get kids from all over. Like, you get kids in Albany who are a fan of any and all PLL teams because mm-hmm. there's no real affiliation other than, like, maybe they love a player, but they're not affiliated with the city. So I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's really fun. I, like, will tell my friends, I'm like, if you get into the PLL, I'm like, we can all cheer for different teams. It's fun. Like, I don't know. It's just exciting. Yeah. it's Lacrosse seems to – it's been growing for years. We're in a a hotbed here in the Mm -hmm. Albany area, and I I just signed up my five-year-olds to join a uh, learn-to-play program starting in late April. That's a sport I want them involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just – the fun – go to the NLL. What really struck me was just how fast it was – and the, the almost the line changes between offenses and defenses yeah. between mm-hmm. who has the ball. That's something I did not know about the game uh, until I viewed it. Yeah, I honestly think because, of course, I'm watching a lot of hockey and hockey's a super fast paced sport. I like watch box across sometimes. I'm like, I don't know how anyone can keep up with it's this. Like, I, was saying, I was like it's faster than hockey. Yeah, like the play-by-play, I don't know how you're able to do it because, like you said, the line changes are so quickly because they have to be like you're on transition, then you're on defense, you make one bad turnover, and then all of a sudden you're on the other end of the floor. Like, it's insane. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> what about the, the first game we had here, Ashley Wright? We had the goalie fight. Oh, yeah. Did you <laughs> did you so that you – know, listen, and then people were laughing afterwards. They were like, wait a second, who didn't know about the sport? The goalies fight, and I'm like, okay, this is an extenuating (laughs) circumstance. They don't always fight, but it was awesome, and it went viral. It was on SportsCenter, but what better better publicity than to Mm -hmm. get that game on a national level when it wasn't otherwise? You know, it was on ESPN+, Plus, but this got it on the the biggest of platforms week one in the NLL in Albany, which was awesome. (laughs) I know. I was doing social for lacrosse flash that night, and that was one of the game I was watching. And, you know, there wasn't really super, like, big, like, highlight moments so far from that game. Like, I was posting goals, whatever. And then that came up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I guess I have to post this. Like, how could I not? And it was, like blowing up within 10 minutes mm-hmm. and all my friends are texting me they're like is this like typical in this league I was like like you can fight yeah. but typically you don't see goalies fighting and definitely not anything like this <laughs> I, I don't know they had to take they took all their pads I mean those guys are padded up yeah I, I don't know how they score in this league because the goalies can literally block the entire cage mm-hmm. when I first saw it I'm like first of all they look ridiculous but <laughs> There is zero space, and that's why you have to get them to move. That's like the beauty of of the offensive game in, in the NLL is you have to do your and, – and juke and fake, and that's required because you need the goalie to bite one way or the other. Otherwise, there's just no space to fit it in. I know. That's another thing I noticed at first when I started watching. It was like, it's such crazy, like, hand movements mm-hmm. and, like, like you said, a lot of fakes, steaks, like, everything in the book just to get the goalie to move even, like – an inch to one other side or something just so you can get that one slot. Uh, what are your impressions of how you've covered or seen some Albany games? Um, Sean said it, we are a, we are a hotbed for lacrosse. I think it's one of the very few sports that fans here have latched onto at the high school mm-hmm. level. We have kids who go division one all the time. Luke Goldstock played at UNC. Girls too. Yep. And girls too. Kayla, like Kayla Trainer. Kayla Trainers from this area. She's now the Syracuse women's lacrosse coach. Um, there are certainly some really strong ties and really good players to come out of here. But what have you seen from this Albany team? It's the prior New England Black Wolves, so it's not like they're this entirely new, yeah, envisioned team. I feel like a lot of people, like myself included, coming into the season, like didn't really have super high expectations. Like I figured they're kind of be like a middle tier team, mm-hmm. and I feel like ever since they kind of just got in this surge 
I will say they easily have the best defense in the league, and I think that's really, really helped them because, like you said, like it's such a high-scoring game, which is kind of crazy to think, like you said, because the goalie, like you look at it, you're like, how's anyone score? But it is, like maybe just the fast-paced nature of it, it is such a high-scoring game. And then when you have such a strong defense able to slow like the best lacrosse players in the world down, it's really helped them because, yeah, maybe like they're not the most glamorous in terms of like, oh, look at this crazy goal, like whatever. But I'm like, they're consistent and they just continue on this path that I feel like I didn't see coming. I know for lacrosse flash, we did like power rankings at the beginning of the season. And like I said, I think we have them like middle of the pack. Now okay. I think we have them at four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Eric, we're just talking about the strength of the Albany defense. Um, and listen, their first two games, they weren't great. Their second game was atrocious. They got blown out at home in that home opener. Um, but that's not the team that we've seen all the way through. And it's not normal for a team to score nine and win a game in, in the game of box lacrosse. I think they would tell you, you want to shoot for like 10, 11, 12 goals in order to give yourselves a chance. And I think most of the, the teams in the league are probably scoring more than Albany, and yet they have a better record. They're in fourth place in the East Division, um, which is very rare in this game. Sarah, I want, I'm I'm hope that we'll stay on. I put a new squirrel on the transmitter over here. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sarah, I'd like to ask you about – I saw box lacrosse. I think they were the boss, not the lobsters, but years ago. I think the toughest position is goalkeeping because in lacrosse, you've got a larger vision on the field. Here you've got rebounds off pads and very quick, mm -hmm. you know, not just the quick shots, but the quick passes. And yet I know here locally, Albany has a tremendous goalkeeper, but wouldn't you say that's one of the toughest uh, positions uh, for indoor sports is being a goalkeeper because it's so much faster and such a shorter playing area. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Like you have to like, as a goal, like, as a goalie, like, yeah, you have, like, this big, you have all the pads, whatever, but like you said, it's bouncing off of you, you have all these people right on the front doorstep, you know, guys are moving around constantly, it's not like anyone's, like, standing stationary, like, waiting for something to happen, like, every part is moving at all times, and you have to be paying attention to, okay, where's the ball now, but where's this guy, you know, you have guys hanging behind the net, you have guys, like, coming in from the sides, like, you I don't know how anyone is able to be a goalie in that league because I'm like, I would just use my size and hope for the best at that yeah. point. And <laughs> Eric, you are allowed, you're allowed <laughs> to do things like airgate. Like you can come from behind the net and dunk it in as long as you don't touch the crease. So like there are things that you can do in the indoor game that you're not even allowed to do in the outdoor game. So they're, they're bouncing balls, like shots are ricocheting off the backboards right in front and they're getting dunked in. They're purposely throwing passes off the backboards. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you have to worry about them coming up and over. So, like, you'll <laughs> see a goalie, re when he someone goes behind him, he'll shove himself up against yeah. the goal because he knows they're going to try yeah. and come up and over. I saw that the other night. And when the yeah. ball, when the shots were going, missing the net, maybe even on purpose, and mm -hmm. bouncing up, the goalie's yep. got to get back in so the, the yep. ball doesn't come off the wall, hit him in the, hit him in the back of the, and, and, and go, go right in. in the net. Yeah, and we've seen it happen before. Like, it'll bounce off of somebody, and it just kind of rolls in. Mm -hmm. Who, who's the best team in the league? Who's the best player in the league? That's tough. Best team is Buffalo. I mean, yeah, so Buffalo definitely is the best team. I feel like their chemistry, they're yeah. just, they're impossible. And they've got two U Albany guys, Connor Fields and Dehoga Nanakoke. Those are two games, two uh, oh, names wow. that, two names that people here would know locally at, at Albany. I would say my best player in the league. It's close because there are so many like good players. I might put Lyle Thompson, who I know Albany. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have him as my number one. Yeah, I mean he's definitely up there. I think he's the top goal scorer, and he's mm -hmm. also top five in assists, which is hard to do. You know, yeah. to be top five in both. There's a guy in San Diego though that's pretty good, who you may know more about than I do. I haven't seen uh, Dane play yet. But he's only played like four or five games, and his numbers are right behind Lyle, and he may be higher in assists. Oh, he is nuts. I watched that first game when he returned to Calgary and had like seven goals, and it was just like every single time San Diego had the ball, it was in his stick, or it started off with him, always ended up with him. 
he is a scary person, I would guess, to compete against. Just how hard he goes. Like, there's one point, I don't know if he took a ball to the face or something, but he had, like, blood all over his face. And he's just, like, <laughs> so unbothered, could not care less, just continues to score. I think he scored two more goals after that. <laughs> yeah. And, guys, hockey pl- or lacrosse players are very much like hockey players in that regard. Like, there was a player in this past game, he was on the bench, they took him out and he's like head up against the glass and they're just like glue stitching his chin, helmet back on, get out there. It's very much like like hockey in that way, which you guys would love. Yeah, the one thing I want to go back to Lyle Thompson, the respect yeah. that Albany had for him in the post-game interviews. It was a one-goal game with just a couple minutes left and the Albany players were like, you know, Georgia had the ball and they're like, you know, Lyle's got the, got the ball on his stick. That's just scary for a defense. Um, you know, the thing you're talking, Sarah, you talk about how good Albany's defense is. They kept Thompson to just one goal in the whole first half the other night. And he got it going in the second half a little bit. But by that point, Albany had had a nine to four lead. How hard is it for the exceptional players? Everybody knows who they are and the defenses are keying on them. They got to really be good to still battle through that, right? Oh, yeah, because you look at it like. Like we said, Albany easily has the best defense. And obviously, all these good players know that coming into it. Like, you have to push harder and harder. But, like, you look at, like, this weekend, Halifax played the New York Riptide. And Jeff teased someone, like, yeah, he's a rookie. But he's another person putting up crazy, crazy numbers. And I don't know. I think that was, like, his biggest test because Halifax does have that really, really good defense as well. And I think he had maybe two or three goals like nothing crazy so it kind of really slowed him down maybe it was kind of a reality check I don't know if it's also the fact that he is a rookie and coming up against a scary Halifax team like that who was looking to rebound but I don't it's like you see them go up against like these best players up against these best defenses and it's like okay I don't know how anyone scores in this game but I also don't know like how anything happens like it's just like the best of the best on both sides well, Sarah, these are the best lacrosse players in the world, these professionals in this league. And we talked uh, before about, you know, in, in the other leagues, like in the NBA, you play at Dallas, you have a charter waiting, a nice meal, et cetera. <laughs> and then you get on the plane and land and get right to the hotel and they spend all week together, shoot around. That doesn't happen here, does it? We have an example uh, locally. They had a game in Atlanta. Next night, they're going charter. So a Lyle Thompson could be sitting next to Uncle Henry on a flight <laughs> in the middle seat. They don't get food. I think some one of you folks had mentioned they had to go right to the arena. So yeah, the, and they also don't get to practice together all week. We hear that some of the players Correct. actually go home. Could you describe the 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 challenges that they face logistically at this level for lacrosse? Yeah, it's so weird with pro lacrosse because you are playing. You're a professional athlete. You're playing a professional league. You know, most of these guys are playing year round. If they're doing PL and NLL, you have like maybe a month off to max but it's also at the point that they're still not like you can't make that your full-time job for the most point like there's guys that are like have their accountants or firefighters like they all a lot of them have day jobs and so that makes it even more harder on top of the fact that yeah they're not getting like top tier treatment in terms of travel and stuff like you have to make your schedule work and sometimes there's been a couple times already this season where guys like I can't travel this weekend. Like I have work, like it's just logistically not wow. going to pan out. And then you see it. Yeah. Like they are, they're taking buses. I know a lot of them are taking long bus rides or just charter flights. And like you said, like those quick turnarounds. And again, they don't have that time in the week to like really practice as a team. It's those like that weekend, that's pretty much all they've got. And you just kind of have to hope that you gel during practice and have a good practice because that's your like one shot at that point. Yeah, it's crazy. And guys, so like this is an example. Rochester, they signed a guy named Evan Kirk in the offseason. He's one of the best goalies in the league. They signed him. They had him for week one. Week two, he went out. They have this like specific list. What what's do you remember the name of the list, the Sarah? Holdout list. Holdout list. And so it can be any number of things. He's on the holdout list because he had to go to the police academy for his job. He got into the police academy and was like, all right, guys, sorry. I have to go make this commitment to the police academy for six months. He's like, so now I can't play. So that's the challenges you face even as an organization and a GM when you're drafting players, when you're signing players. Like 
you could run into any number of situations that just don't affect a different professional league, say like the NFL and the NBA, because these guys don't have to have day jobs. All of these guys do have to have day jobs. And like Sarah said, they practice one day, one day. So they practice like Friday night. They have shoot around Saturday. They play Saturday. And then they all go home to their various homes. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They're all spread out. Like, I feel like a lot of people, I know there are some guys that like, okay, I'm from Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. you do get a preference. Like, okay, I want to play in Philadelphia then. But a lot of them, like they're in Canada, they're traveling every weekend to like yep. Georgia, Texas, like San Diego. They're all over the place. Yep. Yeah, it's wild. Is it? I thought it was kind of a good sign, the health of the league, that the teams were playing in Georgia one night and coming back to Albany, just the logistics. I think some some leagues would just say, okay, play two games in Georgia since Mm -hmm. you're there. Um, Is that that a a fair observation for for just the financial stability of the league? I would say so, just because it is. You would expect a back-to-back like that would just be in the same place, but – like we were saying, like, it's not like they're one of the four major leagues where it's so easy to just like hop on a plane, like private jet and get wherever. So I think it's a good sign that they're able to get that done. And like, there was no issues at all. Like, I'm sure guys were tired. But <laughs> other than that. What, yeah, my what guess is, is they may not choose. Goal, if I could ask that, what, you know, we, we've seen, I worked in college athletics for many years. and We've seen people like Ashley Miller, who, you know, were athletes who became went into sports media, what would be your career goals? I would say the first thing that comes to mind for me would be, I think it'd be great at Nesson intermission periods, but what would you like to have happen 10 years from now? Where would you like to be? Ultimately, I think my goal would be in sports writing, doing it full time. Cause like right now with the NHL doing like digital content, which I love it. Like I love doing the social media aspects of stuff too, but I think my focus, I would like to be just like full-time writing if I could do like a combination of either lacrosse and hockey, that would be amazing. I know lacrosse is like, it's still such a growing sport. So it's tough to be like, yeah, I want to do just lacrosse. Go to Canada and they'll give you sure. millions of dollars for those two no sports. Kidding. right? Yeah. Well, I was saying you could work for TSN. That's I know. That's what everyone always says. Like you should just move to Canada at this point. Yeah. That's where your interests seem to lie. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've read some of Sarah's work. Uh, it's posted on her Twitter account and her bio, and she's a very good writer. I We messaged during the week. The first story I, I read from her was her Dustin Pedroia uh, tribute a few years ago when mm. his career was winding down. So she's very talented. Your, your podcast is great. Uh, Kenny Middleton, she's a piece of work. And <laughs> yeah, the, the seltzer, I know it's definitely water in that. Yeah. But first of all, I hope she's not Rick Middleton's granddaughter. Or no. Sean and I will really feel bad. But that is a fun show. And uh, we mentioned before, you even have merchandise. You guys <laughs> have a lot of hits. Big show, huh? We do have merchandise, yeah. It's it's fun. It's a really fun show to do. It's like one, two hours out of the week where I'm just like, okay, I don't have to worry about work. I don't have to worry about school. Like, nothing. We just kind of like shoot around for a couple hours like you said we have like such like contrasting personalities that i feel like it makes it really fun sarah where can people find you twitter what give us shoot us your uh, handle all that good stuff okay my twitter is at skg underscore 18 um all my lacrosse writings on at lacrosse flash and then our podcast on twitter is at sat and seltzers pod and then you can find that on spotify apple whole nine yards can you touch Everywhere on you quick too about that, the, the pink hair that you had going? You had the pink hair for a fundraiser. Oh, yes. Yes, I – so I teamed up with Prevent Cancer Organization, and I dyed my hair pink. It's starting to come out now just because I did the temporary dye. I was a little too scared to go permanent. But so I dyed my hair pink, and I've been just kind of doing some fundraising and just posting about, like, different cancer prevention, like, tactics, th- tips – things that you should be doing, you know, just getting like routine cancer screenings, avoiding any habit. Like there are cancers that are avoidable if you take part in certain habits. So just kind of educating that for the month of February, because it is cancer prevention month. Good for you. Sarah, real, real quick. You got a uh, Super Bowl prediction for us? Who? Hmm. Oh. I will say, so I've been just picking every single week the Bengals because I love Joe Pearl. And I feel like I have to keep rolling with that. But Listen, 
it's as good a guess as any right you i'm know? like it's been working for me i'm like logistically i probably should go rams but i'm just gonna keep rolling with the bangles i think yeah. it'll definitely be a close game in that aspect um i'd say like bangles 21 rams 17 that's Ooh. what i'm going with all right good enough i like it down. we'll hold you to it <laughs> i like it <laughs> Well, Sarah, we're going to catch up with you when the PLL comes back to yes. New Albany to kick off the season. So June, maybe ahead of June, we'll have uh, you and we can get a player on here. We'll, we'll do it all. We'll go lacrosse big. People love lacrosse <laughs> around here, so you can never have too much of it. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, you get the hat of the week. Lacrosse <laughs> hat of the week. Hat of the week. All right. Take awesome. care. We'll, we'll, see, you, we'll see you in June, and I'll read some of your yes. stuff. We'll share your stuff, too. Thank Thanks you guys so much me. for having me. Of course. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Now. Bye now. Awesome. I love it. Thank you very to Sarah. Talented. What a great guest. Very talented. We'll be watching her someday. She, yeah, she's, she's a good writer um, for sure. And, and her social media content, she's in that age bracket. Yeah. Way out of my say, realm of uh, That's the age that. bracket right below me. Yeah, right. I'm not very good at the social media stuff. I try, but it's not, it doesn't work out the best. Yeah. Check out the podcast, folks. It is hilarious. It I really will. Is. It's That's great. Awesome. It's funny <laughs> as heck. <laughs> All right. Hey, before we get back to the Super Bowl, uh, it's a new year with new goals. So start your year right behind the wheel of your new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget or your New Year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We're here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Luis, the VIP Memorialis, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kearns Pavoda, or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. connect you up with the perfect deal. Right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with your Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC, McKenna, Mike Benice, Nicole Ozer, or Cam, let's do a deal, McKenna. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the new year right with just the new right deal at Mohawk on in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Super Bowl 5-6. Wow. What do we have? Yeah, Bengals-Rams. You said at the, the top of the podcast, you probably made a couple, a couple of bucks if you had that one uh, riding on it at, um, yeah, you did. at your local favorite gambling website. Uh <laughs> First of all, I, before we get to the game, I yeah. love Super Bowl. I love the whole day. It's like Christmas Day for me. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. What, do you guys have a tradition that, that you do on the Super Bowl? Any food we, that you have? What's, what's well, pre-COVID, we had a party, and we'd put out all the stuff, tremendous food, and we'd put uh, one of the stickers uh, on the uh, glass windows of all the parties that we'd had before, and we had to stop, obviously, a couple of years ago, and people – would root for the Patriots to lose before the Super Bowl so I could actually be a good host and not be flipping out and put in the corner of the room by Jennifer. So we we hope the party will return <laughs> next year. Ashley, how about you? Uh, well, I have zero Super Bowl traditions because normally I work it or my oh, husband yeah. works it. So this is um, – I'm going to get lucky this year because I've been working the morning show this week. I'm off this weekend. And also because the show, uh, because the Super Bowl is on NBC, they bring in the big guns. So uh, all of the, all, like Rogers got the Super Bowl weekend. So God bless him. I thank him for working. Um, and I, I get off this weekend, which is pretty great. So we are heading up to Lake Placid for the weekend, but we're coming home on uh, Sunday morning because we want to be home for the Super Bowl to see it. And we're actually going to hit up a Super Bowl party up at Saratoga National with Harrison Butker, who's going to be in town with the novice oh, guys. Sweet. Yeah. So sweet. we're going to uh, hang out with a Super Bowl champ. So not a tradition at all. And I'll probably never get to do it again. So I'm pretty Sean, excited. She can, she can give him kicking lessons. You've seen yeah. that promo. Well, he can give me <laughs> kicking lessons after that promo it was pretty bad. Now, enjoy. We're, it's a, a stay home day. My, my boys are five and a half. They're, they know the sports, they know. Yep. They know the Bruins. They know when the Raiders are on. They like the Bengals because their favorite animals right now are tigers. Aww. So uh, that's so, so cute. Yeah, well, yeah, cute. A couple of weeks ago, who do you want? The Raiders or the Bengals? I want the Tigers. I'm like, well, so are you going to root for the Bengals for that reason? Uh, no, 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 
Okay. No, I might. It's hard to find a stuffed ram in a Toys R Us store, though, right? It's easy to get a tiger. Yeah, exactly. So, what? What are keys to the game? What? Where are you guys at with this? With this matchup? <sighs> well, Ashley, you you, you yeah, led with it right off the bat. There's no surprise, Ashley. It is, as you said, the old line situation. You got one team, the Rams, that had the most sacks at 50. Mm -hmm. Bengals with 55. I think Burrow's got so many fun toys to play with. My concern yeah. is, is that two of the best players in NFL history defensively are going to put him into the corner of the room. I just don't know how the way that old line is actually right now, it is even looking more inconsistent for Cincinnati in the playoffs. I think it's going to be extremely difficult. That seems to be the key of this. Yeah. I mean, you've got LA who's who had the number one, pass rush win rate in the league and i believe that was regular season and then you've got the Bengals, who had the 30th best pass rush or pass block win rate that's a recipe for disaster but at the end of the day i just think to myself the titans got to him nine times and they still won yeah what are the chances mm -hmm. that the rams sack him more than nine times probably not very good i'll take the under on that so they've shown the ability to win despite being sacked nine times. And yeah. now listen, I think the Rams pass rush is certainly better than the Titans pass rush. So I say I'll take the under, but if it's really bad, what's to say he's not on his back 10 or 11 times? My guess is they're going to do a really good job with Joe Mixon. Um, yep. And they're going to do a really good job getting the ball. I think getting the ball out quickly is going to be it, that it makes sense. Duh. But getting the ball out quickly is going to be ideal, whether it's using Jamar chase on short slants whether it's using a guy like Joe Mixon in the flat and, and throwing to him, establishing a run game so that you can maybe give Joe Burrow a fighting chance. Because at the end of the day, Aaron Donald and Von Miller are probably going to put him on his back. It's just going to be a matter of how many times they do it. And you hope that he doesn't get hurt when they do it. Yeah, look, they have a two weeks to prepare a game plan, right? You can slow down a pass rush. Yep. Have a tight end, chip, chip Von Miller, and then flare out into, into the flat, into the open area and make them defend those zones, uh, maybe slow them down. I, I think the key for the Bengals, two things for the Bengals. They got down 21 to three to the Chiefs. First three drives of the game were all Kansas City touchdowns. And I'm watching the game and just thinking, you know what? They had a nice year. They uh -huh. made the playoffs. They won oh, their, sure. they won their first playoff game in 31 years, their first road playoff game in history. It ends in Kansas City. They're just overmatched. And guess what? They figured it out. Uh -huh. And their defense, I think, is underrated. Uh, they can get to the quarterback as well. Their secondary is very good. Um, they they made Pat Mahomes. You you read, I'm watching a lot of experts, Rex Ryan and a few others, saying that they thought Mahomes lost confidence in the second half of that game. And that wasn't anything he was doing. It was what the Bengals did to him. So the fact that that young team that had never been there got off the deck, didn't panic, hung in there. Yeah, the Chiefs gave him a gift at the end of the first half by not going for a field goal and make momentum even more so. They came back, and 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 I think a lot of that is Joe Burrow. I typically I'm skeptical of young players and young quarterbacks, and you got to kind of earn it. Yep. He's earned it. He's the oh. real deal. I mean, this kid is unflappable, and I think the team takes on that mentality and that persona of him. But the biggest difference in this game, I think, the biggest key, Evan McPherson doesn't seem to miss for the Bengals, and the Rams, yeah. the Rams yeah. field goal kicker is spotty at yeah. best, and that's a big big weapon. Uh, the Bengals need to get to to the 40 yard line of the Rams, and you're looking at points. Yeah. Um, and points, as we've right. been saying all year, are a premium, and that's that's uh, one of the biggest differences in this matchup. I think coming in, you have two of the best uh, the best kickers, meaning in the Super Bowl. There's always been a Vinatieri, and the other guy's a mess. I'll I'll give you Gay is nowhere near what what we've expected, but by the same time, he made 94 percent this year. So. Uh, McPherson's just a remarkable story. 85%, of course, perfect right now. I just hope for a 15-12 final. It's going to come down to one of them. We know that. Uh, the other thing, going back to the receivers, is Boyd. Okay, We talk about the matchup mm -hmm. on Chase and all that and how well Odell is doing. But if you can dump off Boyd, they can be had because of the 22nd-ranked pass defense, the Rams. So yeah. I don't. I think what we're saying is the O-line, he'll never have the time. He'll have some time, no question. He'll get right back up, and he's got four good options. And if they can give a little sliver of a hole for Mixie, watch out. Yep. He has such explosiveness, he can get 20 yards in a rush. 
Yeah, and don't forget a guy like T. Higgins. Like we talk about him as like their third best receiver. You know it's good when T. Higgins is is your third best receiver. And guys, I thought this was interesting. It doesn't mean a lot, but when I was looking at postseason stat leaders, the top like five. So we have Cincinnati, Sam Hubbard has three sacks, and Trey Hendrickson, two and a half sacks. Both of those guys play for the Bengals. The other two, Von Miller has two sacks and Aaron Donald one and a half. So listen, it's not like the Cincinnati pass rush has been non-existent. It's been statistically a little bit better in the postseason in the few games that they've played. Again, doesn't mean much, but at least it shows you that Cincinnati does have some semblance of a defense themselves. They're not just going to let Matthew Stafford sit back there and tee off to OBJ and Cooper Cup. Now, whether or not you can handle Cooper Cup I think is an entirely different thing because you can have a you can have a great passing defense and Cooper Cup will still make you make you work for every single yard of all of it. Sean, I've got a question to a guy that can't be forgotten. Here's Cam Akers. I hope there's a good yep. feature story on him. Here's a guy the Achilles is gone six months oh. ago. Would he ever play again? He could be a factor. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if the Rams get a lead, just give it off to him because Akers is, is you know, just an amazing story. And we don't know whether Sony Michelle will be there or not. He got some starts. But I think Akers could be a sleeper here. I, I think he got both. It's a 200 monster with him and Michelle. They can play off. Um, the other guy, health is an issue, is the Bengal tight end, Azuma. He was, he was great early in the playoffs, great against the Raiders. Ashley, you said it. That Bengal pass rush, they rush five. They, mm-hmm. They'll line up five. They're yeah. so so confident with their secondary and their linebacker play that they can do that. They made life very difficult for Derek Carr. That's one of the first time I really noticed them um, and just how good they were. Uh, yeah, I, I think they can get to them. And it, you're going to stop Cooper Cup? No. But if right. you can get to Matt Stafford, you can limit those big plays. And that's, that's kind of how you win these games. Um, what I'm looking forward to most, and it, it happens in every Super Bowl, and sometimes it's the unlikely guy, and sometimes it's the quarterback. What I want to see this week, I want to see a close game. I want to see two minutes left, and somebody's got got the ball in their hand, and can they become a legend? That's what happens in Super Bowls, yeah. right? Roethlisberger against Arizona, Santonio Holmes. He's known for one thing in his yeah. career, other than yeah. contract for the Jets that he didn't really earn, but. But and that and Joe Montana against the Bengals in, in January of 89, the, the big 89 yard drive for them. That's what I want to see. I hate blowouts in Super Bowls. It's a letdown. Let's see these two teams line up, get after each other. And, and who's going to become a legend in their town in NFL history? And that's the, the intrigue to the Super Bowl each year for me. And we've been treated to that all postseason long, with the exception, I think, of Wild Card Week. Wild Card Week was a stinker. After that, we've gotten good game after good game. I mean, all four games down to a field goal in the divisional round. It it couldn't have, it couldn't have been any better. So yeah, you hope for the same. Uh, the the greatest part about this game for me, and I guess it happens pretty often because I'm a Giants fan, so we don't get there very often. But like, I don't have a rooting interest at all in this game. But I also really like both teams. I there are things about both teams that I really like. I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. I think it's a great story. Uh, I think the the city of Cincinnati would probably burn down if they won. But I also love Matthew Stafford. And I love that guys like Stafford who put in so many years in what has been historically a terrible franchise, he's now getting his shot to win a Super Bowl because he deserves that. Nobody deserves to go through what Calvin Johnson, you know what I mean? Like you always want, (laughs) and Aaron Donald too, like you want to give guys who have meant so much to this game, at least the chance to play in the Super Bowl. If you don't win it, okay. But I love that these guys are getting a shot to play in the Super Bowl. I, I love the fact, too, we've got some bright young coaches here, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And, yep. and there's something big in common here, okay? Zach Taylor, they play for him. Yes, his clock management, that will improve as he as he's in the league longer, okay? There's questions about that. But they play for him. Young, enthusiastic coach with a young, enthusiastic team. And it works at Pop Warner. Yes, it can work in the NFL. And if I recall, Sean McVay was only his second year in the Super Bowl. He was a young, enthusiastic coach, too. He's got all the, the talent to play with now. But I think it's great to see two young coaches that can have incredibly bright, uh, tremendous careers. It's tough to get there once, but twice is better. But Zach Taylor, tremendous. And if the only thing that could hurt McVay, if he keeps sipping that stupid, let's go for two Kool-Aid. Don't do that now, at least not till the fourth, please. 
We ready for predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Ashley, who you got? Uh, I'm going 27-24 Bengals. Ooh. I think it's a little more high scoring than Sarah thought, but I I'll take the Bengals by a field goal because that's been a trend. (laughs) I think uh, in this case, uh, I'm, I got to go the Rams 31 24 and I think it'll be Stafford that be, that will uh, get his Elway moment. I'm not saying he's retiring, but I really hope that he'll pull this out and I've got to go with them by seven and play the 48 and a half over. You had to bring up horse face in our show. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Bengals 30, Rams 28. McPherson Ooh. wins it in the last minute with his third field goal of the game. All right. I just, like I said, I just think the Bengals overcame that humpback, Casey. Mm-hmm. The fact this game is in L.A. means nothing. They don't draw mm-hmm. They don't draw fans when it's a home game for the them. tickets it's also cost $25,000. Who's going to that? Other There's than only 6,000 public tickets available, what yeah, I read. And no. I hope they're all from Cincinnati. No, I, I think the Bengals have a destiny thing going. I'm rooting for, for Zach Taylor. And I, I think Joe Burrow is – you can be one quarterback right now in the league. I'm taking him. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I mean, how much I think of Joe Burrow. I think I mentioned this last week, but he has the chance to be the first to win – a national championship, a Heisman Trophy, and a Super Bowl. The first ever to do it. And he would do it in three years. He would have yep. done it all in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder how many guys have done that. I know Charles Woodson did it um, with, with Michigan and uh, in Green Bay. Um, won, a, won a high – well, not all three. You mean won a high, uh, national championship Super Bowl? Well, he won a split national title in 97 okay. for Michigan. That might okay. be pushing it. I was going to say the the stat that I read was he, but maybe he was the first quarterback. It could be quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. yeah, quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And, and yeah. we're on the Woodson thing. I told you guys he liked to tweet a response that I had to to his tweet <laughs> last night. So he, that's my guy. I might yeah. start drinking whiskey just to get some Woodson whiskey now. That was a Chris trivia question this week about the tuck rule. Who caused the fumble? Which was a fumble. It was a fumble. All right, hey, before we get to our whiteboards, Johnstone Supply in Troy is ready to help you as this frigid winter sets in this month. Now it's more important than ever to make sure your furnace or boiler is ready to handle the extra workload on the way this winter. Plus, what happens if your unit breaks down? Make sure you tell your family, friends, and more. The place to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy, 518-272-5922. The crew at Johnstone Supply will give you the advice you need to get out of that dilemma and figure out the best solution for you. If you already know you must make a change this winter, Johnstone Supply and Troy has new high-efficient Goodman Furnace and Naveen Boiler. So stop in at 6th Avenue to learn more. Call Johnstone Supply, 518-272-5922, and do us a favor. Hit two for the counter guys and tell Tom, Kevin, James, or Rob that you heard it here on M&M&M Across the Board, part of the Godzilla Media family. Hey, one quick thing, okay? Talk, no more tuck rule talk. I'm going to be no. like that that guy in the ad, the parents guy. You're becoming your parents, okay? So don't do that. No more tuck rules. Listen, I'm going to be the parents guy from the ad to say, oh, stop It's talking. hard. The 30 for 30 just came out. I mean, give me a break. No, I, I had a guy in uh, my Pucksley's Pit Podcast the other day, a Raider podcaster, say he, he wanted to watch it because uh, Charles Woodson is on it with Brady. I I, I I've lived that for 20 years. No, thanks. Can't do it. I get it. Becoming All right. Who's going first? I might I go first this week? Yeah, go, go for it. So I'm watching the Bruins last night. I was going to bash Major League Baseball and the MLBPA, but I'll, I'll give a, give props to one of my favorites. Word broke last night during the Bruin game that uh, Tuka Rask is, is nearing retirement. Tuka. Tuka uh, tried to come back from a, a torn labrum last year in the playoffs. That's a tough injury for for a hockey goalie due, due to your hip. And when he came back this year, he wasn't the same. He had no AHL warm-ups and all that due to some COVID issues. They shut down the Providence Bruins. And he come back, he's just not the same. And then, like I said, it broke last night. He's probably going to retire. Um, hopefully he doesn't become get Brady is now the term to where some a reporter announces it uh, – before he didn't take away his thunder. But uh, Tuka Rask has been the best goalie in the history of the Bruins. Um, the, he's, he's not liked by the entire Bruin fan base, which is an absolute shame because yeah. he, he carried them to the cup final in 13 and 19. They didn't win it. It wasn't all on him. 
but he's been underappreciated by some of the Bruin fan base, but by the rational Bruin fan base like me, we love him. Tuca, forever a Boston Bruin, uh, future NHL Hall of Famer, and uh, just a steady, solid guy, and he is going to be missed. So, Tuca, thank you. Hey, there was an old-time goalie, Tiny Thompson, was phenomenal. Jerry Cheevers, can't compare him, without a doubt. This, no. this guy is number one on the all-time great goalie list in Boston. Wow. Yeah, and the biggest bash on him is that uh, he wasn't Tim Thomas. Tuca was a backup on the Cup in, in 2011. That's a ridiculous bash on him because the Bruins have won the Stanley Cup once in 50 years. Right. So, you know. Eric, you want to go? Right. It's upside down. <laughs> Mike Tarico, wherefore art thou? Okay, next week we'll all talk extensively the Olympics in the playing arena, slopes, rinks, and courses. This whiteboard is about the oil and water in the room, sports and politics. Hold your breath. Last oh, week yeah. I touched on the 80 U.S. women's volleyball team. We know they couldn't compete due to a political boycott. So this year NBC has production and some announcing crews in Beijing, announcers in Connecticut, and crews in L.A. stretch them in. So to their credit, and of course, not just because Ashley works with an NBC affiliate, they'll pull off magnificent coverage stretched all over the world for the Olympics and the Super Bowl. Mike Tirico became the next Bob Costas as the face of NBC Sports. He was supposed to be Beijing through today's taping Thursday, then fly to L.A. to be the lead of the coverage, including the 82-hour pregame show. Now, on the opening telecast of the Olympics, he talked extensively unfortunately, about human rights and thoughts of genocide, and even was joined, if you saw it, by two professors whom he interviewed about this subject, one from Yale. It was informative, but it really felt a little awkward that Lester Holt should have been there. It was a news thing. So a few days later, suddenly Mike flies back earlier, and other anchors take over the coverage. There's a lot of foggy thoughts in the media, and seems as though the waters became muddy. It really does. So sports and politics don't mix. We saw the reaction of baseball's removal of the All-Star game in Atlanta for the people of Atlanta. No matter the side of the aisle, it's a no-win situation. Sports is about the athletes. In this case, their years of practice and devotion to bring them to this moment to compete against the best in the world. NBC and other networks are telling the stories of these great stars, including Ashley. So let's think about them, their efforts, their dedication, and their hero status Let's leave politics to meet the press. Yeah, I don't disagree. Tell that uh, to I, my guess is it m might not have been his idea. Somebody right. had to okay it and know it was all happening, so I wouldn't put it uh, squarely on his shoulders, but yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody higher up. We don't know yeah. how high. Ashley, all speaking right. of Olympics. Well, let's say speaking of athletes and the Olympics. Listen, unfortunately, this feels... A little bit, and I know uh, Eric had texted me this, this feels, Michaela Schifrin's start to the Olympic Games feels a little bit like Simone Biles in the Summer Games. Um, it's not identical, but Schifrin's had a tough start to the Games, has DQ'd in both of her first two events, which were Giant Slalom and Slalom, and unfortunately those are her best two events. She has meddled in each before. Um, tough start, like we said. And if you could like the interview with her this morning that I we had to air on TV, it was it was literally heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching because you could you could hear it in her voice, you could see it in her eyes that like she almost couldn't put the words together to make sense of what had happened. And listen, I, I don't know what the conditions are. She says the conditions are good, but it literally takes a split second for some of these things to happen for her to like slot her feet to slide out from under her her skis to slide out from under her for her to miss a gate because you could tell she kind of like, you know, skidded a little bit out of control, a split second. And this is an athlete whose dreams are literally like crumbling in front of us. So for people to go out and be like, oh, she sucks. She's underachieved, whatever. It breaks my heart because you think you feel bad about it. Imagine how she feels. She, it's her life. It's her medals. It's everything she was planning to bring home that she's now not bringing home. So ease up on the she sucks stuff because she's the greatest American skier currently and will probably be the greatest American skier ever if she isn't already. So she will be just fine. She's 26 years old. I understand she's in the prime of her career. She's got three more events to ski. So it's not like she's not coming home with any medals. That hasn't been decided yet. I just hope 
because listen, these were physical things that happened. You just hope that now it doesn't become a mental thing because it very easily becomes a mental thing. And I would understand how it would become a mental thing. Her quote today was, I've now questioned everything I've done for the last 15 years. How upsetting is that? Like, that's what a 26-year-old kid is saying because she fell once and missed a gate another time. She's questioning everything she's done in her ski career. Absurd. So I think it would be great if people would rally around her versus, you know, tear her down the other way because you don't want her to end up where it becomes this huge mental thing. Um, So good for her for getting there. She's a better skier than all of us and everyone else pretty much on the planet. So shut your mouths and support Schifrin instead of tearing her down. Yeah, Ash, I uh, pick up on that because that stuff drives me crazy, even going back to last summer with Biles. You know what? The people who do that are, to me, they're just upset with their own lives and their own shortcomings and and failures, and they project it out on somebody because, in their view, they let down this country. They didn't let down anybody. She might have let herself down or she feels that way, but guess what? That's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. She didn't do it on purpose. She didn't train for four years to go miss a gate or fall down. It's beyond stupid, and people just need to take a reality check and look at your own life instead of worrying about somebody else. 26 years old is a lot for the weight in the shoulders. And you know what? If I could say to her, you don't have any weight in your shoulders. You've already done so much. 47 <laughs> World Cup titles, the whole bit. The the social media today is absurd, mm-hmm. and she has accomplished so much. And unfortunately, it, she's not the pro athlete that has a game the next day, two days later, or every Sunday. She does get to compete right through, like, the 18th, which is mm-hmm. good. But no matter what happens, phenomenal career, her whole life's ahead of her. And real Americans are very proud of her. And we all shed a tear when we watch that live. But she's going to get right back up there and bring one home. Yep. And we're going to do Olympics. We'll go dive right into the Olympics next week. So we'll have much, much more to talk about. And I hope that we are talking about her bringing home at least one medal. But like getting back up there and, you know giving it the old college try because I hope that she's in, you know, a good mental space to do that because listen, she just, even if just to compete, just to cross the finish line, get back to knowing that you are the best skier in the world and nobody questions that. So go show them. So and I hope dad is looking hard. down on her right now, exactly. patting her in the head. Right. And people forget about that too. Like she's gone through a lot. You do the best job you can do. That's yeah. all you can ask. And that's yep. all anybody else can ask. And if it's good enough, great. If it's not, yeah. Listen, it's good enough for me. Absolutely. You guys are good enough for me, that's for sure. Oh, that's so sweet of you, Eric. Even when I disappear. Sorry. Hopefully we're good enough for our viewers, too, who join us every week. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. M&M across the board. Twitter, at MMMATB1. Apple, YouTube, Spotify. You can find us everywhere. We appreciate you listening, subscribing, and sharing, if you would please be so kind. And we'll see you next week. And, guys, we'll have a Super Bowl winner. And we'll have Olympics crazy. So let's do it. And Dan Wozanowski. Right. Oh, yeah. And a guest. Guys, it's going to be loaded. We're loaded <laughs> next week. Come on back. All right. We'll see you. Thank you.